This program is dedicated to all the internationalist revolutionaries that left their country behind to fight fascism and face the oppression wherever it is. Bedenka Rojava, an internationalist radio project. An inside look on African resistance. Overviews. Analyze. Interviews. Memories of Shahids. And a lot of good music. You can find us on soundcloud.com slash Bedenga Rojava. Today is a fight for all or nothing. It is the time of bravery and of decision, the time of coordination and organization. It is the time of action. Dembas, Dembas. Dembas. So, welcome to this fourth extra episode. We are really happy to be here once again in this final extra program that we want to share with all of you and we want to talk a bit more about internationalism. Uh, here in the microphone, like always, uh, Haval Sarhildan. Haval Tekoshin. And I'm Kawa. Uh, first of all, we want to share with you some critics that um, People that is listening to uh, the program uh, share with us and we are really happy that they uh, received so many comments. 
Uh, one of them is uh, that we didn't put uh, many voices of uh, Kurdish people. And we have to admit that this that's truth that it's also difficult for us to do translations and everything. For this, we want to uh, to share with you and to 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 say to you that you can find this kind of voices in in other in other places, in other platforms, like uh, for example, Info Center of Afrin Resistance or uh, the agencies like uh, INF or Howar News. So please check it in internet. They are in there. We kind of knew about this limit from the very beginning. This, uh, for us, it was clear choice to do it with this compromise, which we might not like ourselves that much or not to do the radio at all. We come from different structures, as we said in the beginning, and our resources and time was limited. And we rather found to do this as like an entry gate for you for finding all these Kurdish voices, which are already out there. And I hope you can seek for them and we, we can just work as this medium to, to give you the first step to the Kurdish revolution. And as we said many times, the best how to, how to figure out how to feel this revolution yourself. Just pack your stuff and come here to Rojava if you can. The second criticism was about our, our episodes being too long. And also, not explaining enough. And uh, <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is obviously the contradiction we have. Yes, we do know our episodes, uh, which were supposed to be one hour, then we said one hour and a half, actually were two and a half, and more than two and a half hours long. And it is problematic, and it's prob probably hard to, hard to follow them. We understand that. On the other hand, we have criticisms that there is not enough explanations of some of the things which are in interviews. So uh, to balance these two things was very difficult, and it ended up as it ended up. But we take this criticism, and at least for this episode, Finally, we'll try to push it down at least under two hours, one hour and a half. Let's yeah. see how it's gonna roll on. There was also the critic that we are putting a lot of the Kurdish music that we are sharing. It's some mm, somehow remixed with some Western influence and this uh, electronic stuff, and that's really true. And for like trying to uh, like. Think more about it uh, in this last program. We will share like pure Kurdish music. So again, if you want to share our our stuff we do, our episodes, our radio program, please put it out there, share it with other people so they can listen to it. And uh, you can find us on soundcloud.com/berengarojava. You can send more and more critics. Uh, you can comment straight on SoundCloud or you can send more critics to Berenga Rojava at riseup.net. <laughs> ah, we made it. No mistake, we made it this time on a first try. And finally, we will present uh, about what is going this program. As we say, we are going to speak more about internationalism and all of these actions and demonstration and solidarity that came all around the world uh, uh, with the Afrin resistance and against this uh, massive uh, illegal occupation of uh, Turkey inside Syria. Um, and we will have some interviews, small interviews with uh, people that uh, became participant of these um, solidi solidarities in uh, some part of, uh, principally in Europe. And also we will share with you a political analyze with a person that is here for a long time, uh, participation actively in the, in the international aid movement. Uh, 
And for end, we of course we will have our uh, section Duroka uh, Shehida that we want to dedicate to Barin Kubanen, with one of the Shehids, woman Shehid that fall in Afrin in a really hard conditions, and we want to share with you her story, her resistance, and her bravery. So no charity, but solidarity. BG, BG, BG. We send you all our bravery and willpower. We send you all our love. You who fight with us and light the fires of resistance. because we are presenting ourselves as internationalist radio project and we also want to, to explain why we, we are so 
happy to be able to, to present ourselves as internationalist project, radio project, because internationalists have a long tradition of a struggle and a lot of revolutionaries from all around the world that left their country back to face the fascist forces and to face the oppression wherever it is. And somehow the biggest example and the first um, important example in the history is in the, the first internationals of the workers when a lot of socialist revolutionaries from all around the world come together for a start to um, join together against um, the capitalist that was um, being expanded but there are a lot of beautiful examples uh, on on all the history yeah in fact, uh, the 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 fight that uh, was in uh, against the fascists in the Spanish Civil War, where more than sixty thousand uh, internationalists from a lot of different countries went to to the to the Spain to to fight the the fascists of uh, Frankism, uh, was one of the main uh, examples of this of this solidarity and also the the call that the uh, socialist organization made at this time no advertising that if we don't stop fastest here the fastest is going to spread out and it's exactly what happened no and we can see also the relation of what was happening and what has having been happening these years in at these times in in african resistance but I also want to put uh, the focus on all the uh, international uh, resistance that happened in a lot of different countries when these kind of imperialist wars happened. One of the biggest examples is also Vietnam, all the resistance that happened in a lot of different countries all around the world, but also all the international solidarities with these um, national liberation struggles, like for example the, the um, Argelian war and all the resistance that happened inside the French state um, itself and a lot of uh, beautiful examples but we want to put the, our focus on Afrin and we saw in Afrin a lot of um, internationalists that went also to, to fight the Turkish fascism army and face this, this fascist that somehow a lot of people is making this connection like fascism is growing in Turkey, like the government of Erdogan, it's getting stronger and if we don't stop them now, it can grow. And somehow Daesh was the main example of this uh, fascist that it's being uh, developed. And now with uh, this um, Islamic f Islamist phase, we can say, but the main point is this centralized um, fascist structure trying to impose uh, the, their own um, fundamental um, view in the society and repressing and spreading the fear inside the society for control it. And of course, uh, fascism is not growing only in Turkey, as we all know, like it's, it's uh, when capitalism is in crisis, uh, since it's beginning, it needs these times of war, these times of like nationalist uprising to keep people separated together because the nationalist identity is the only glue what people in a national state can keep them together. So uh, if you think that the nationalists in your country, the fascists in your country hate Daesh, probably they do because they are fascists from somewhere else in some another religion, culture, ethnicity or whatsoever. But actually Daesh and uh, nationalism, nationalists or fascists in Europe, they only reinforcing each other. And by Daesh needs fascism in Europe as much as fascism, fascism in Europe needs Daesh for its existence. So we must realize that people coming from Syria, from Iraq, Iran, from uh, so let's say from Turkey also, from Rojava, from Kurdistan, they are not our enemies. They are people who fighting the same forces, they facing the same problems, 
SV facing just in different colors and in a kind of different smell in different environment. But these people just much harder on their own skin facing the exact same roots of problems which we facing. And we can see how in Rojava since the beginning of the revolution in 2012, a lot of uh, internationals come here to, to face the, the Islamist forces and all these um, fascist attacks that the, the people and the society in Rojava have experienced. And since the, the first day um, is this um, color of internationalism uh, in Rojava and there are a lot of examples that have been developed. One of the main projects that, that was at the beginning, the, um, since the first moments a lot of people came, but there was a really um, like strong point in the people that came just for fight Daesh, but some of them just start to organize for go and beyond. And one of these examples is Rojava plant that was trying to develop a, a, a factory of fertilizing and try to give more meaning to this revolution in, in the sense of how important it is to support the revolution. And they make this campaign of feed the revolution for um, develop this factory of, uh, of fertilizers. And since then, a lot of different projects start to grow, like JPEG International was starting and a lot of people have been taking part. And a lot of different documentaries, a lot of people have been here for reporting the, the resistance and the, the struggle that has been um, experiencing Rojava. And somehow we are also part of this uh, heritage of all these internationalists. And since the last years with the developments of um, different international structures, we can see how it's even growing more. In fact, in concretely with the resistance of Afrin, uh, of course, we have always these two sides, no? Like uh, in the resistance of the JPG and JPG, also the internationalists that uh, join JPG and JPG and, and this uh, Afad group. But uh, also we have also um, some international civil international that went to Afrin to try to to put uh, in the media, to try to put in the mass media, and also to to make uh, a more visible what is, was the the problem of the invasion and the massacres and everything. And we have, for example, these videos of the internationalist commune uh, that it are calling. Uh, uh, resistant diaries, no? but you can see all the travel of this person that went to Afrin, even under bombing, even with all the difficulties, uh, traveling with the Kurdish people that, that they went also to, to support the people in, in Afrin, no? in, the, in the Afrin city, in the resistance of the Afrin canton. So we can see that always is two sides, and it doesn't matter if it is a military side or it is a civilian side, because the, the important is like, uh, whatever fast it is, we have to come together and struggling against it. But it's neat to say, as we said in the beginning, in uh, Spain it was about, or in a Spanish civil war, Spanish revolution, it was about 60,000 of people coming from abroad. The number of people who came to Afrin or to Rojava in general, even since the beginning of the revolution, is nothing compared to that. And then, been growing as anarchists or uh, libertarian, anti-authoritarian, I've been meeting people like me saying if I only was in 30s organizing myself, like I would get a whole bunch of people and get to Spain, it would be so great. Folks, the time is here and the time is now. 
And if you don't recognize it, then question your position in a, in a society and question what you're willing to pay, what you're willing to, to give to the revolution. Yeah, that shit is scary. Our friends are dying and no one is gonna ever push anyone to take a rifle and go to fight. That is not about that. It's about to, to stand up for the fight and realize where the fascism is rising, where is the real problem, where it's coming from and what we need to do about that and not just keep talking about past and how it would be great to be only in that past moment or how we're gonna wait for some special moment in future to maybe appear. We live in day by day and these moments are coming day by day. And this African occupation was a perfect example of what is fascism, imperialism, fascist imperialism and occupation about. And just because it was not in Europe, just because it was in no, not in North America, but the people are different, the culture is different. Hell yeah, it is different. And you gotta come here, you gotta face a lot of differences and you gotta forget about a lot of like your um, individual kind of liberties, which in the end of the day, many of them coming out of our neoliberalist individualist mindset. Like, yeah, you gotta keep thinking and changing yourself. And um, I think it's a very positive thing because it questions many of those things, at least brings good, healthy discussion. But uh, just because that thing here, the revolution and the self-defense and stuff is happening in the Middle East, I don't know. I mean, think about that and you don't have to come here if you don't want to. You don't have to fight if you don't want to, but at least show the real solidarity back at home. You know, like uh, we presented the dubbing of the video from the in the last chapter and I think this is exactly what, about what, what, what we're talking about. You know, not just like saying on Facebook, like, yeah, I like that, I support that. No, a revolution is much more than just support and like something. In fact, just for, for telling some words that even with all the Kurdish friends or doesn't matter, Arab friends or Syriac friends, that these revolutionary friends that we are uh, here fighting in many ways, they always say it. Even if, for example, in Catalonia or even if other kind of uh, uh, peoples or countries, they, they are facing fascism, we are going to help them. So they have really clear that, okay, the time is now in Rojava because it's happened like this. It is a revolution that they have to defend. And of course, it's their own line, uh, or land. So, so they, 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 it's something that they must do it. But they, they have in mind that uh, only revolution can be in a worldwide uh, spread it. This cannot only be in one part of the world, like uh, all revolutionary, all true revolutionary has to be ready to go everywhere to fight and struggle against fascism and against capitalism. And we can also ask to ourselves, like, what, what happened? What happened that we came from um, these big socialist movements able to develop huge international solidarity and that today uh, not so many people is able to come here. Like there was this call from uh, the Internationalist Freedom Battalion like to all the revolutionary forces, all the socialist organizations should take attention, put attention in, on what's going on in Rojava and especially during the African times. It was a, a really a clear example of an invasion of a fascist invasion. We, we faced like a lot of uh, Islamist forces, even people that was uh, before with Daesh, there were um, checkpoints that Daesh and Turkish flags were together and it was a completely imperialist occupation and um, it was something that a lot of people uh, around the world is talking about Rojava but then why all this so we had the power off and we have been like now three hours without electricity so we are going back but the main question that we were asking that I was asking and sharing this this way why all these people is not here 
And also being here again is not the only option. If you following the, if you want to really follow the Rojava Revolution, and be like learning from that, many people say no, you, you don't have to come here. You know, like figure out what is the fascist enemy at your point, where to start the revolution, where to connect with the people at a place where you stay, where you live, where you organize, where you work, organize there, and that is what the international solidarity is really about. Yeah, in fact, uh, we are going now to explain or to make a collection about all these actions, solidarity actions that we have around the world. And uh, we, we wanted also to, to share with you because uh, this uh, offering occupation, of course, brings a lot of uh, bad things, massacres and, and really painful things. But also a lot of solidarity came with it. And that's beautiful. We were witnessing like thousands and thousands of demonstrations and actions and statements from different groups from all around the world showing their solidarity and taking also part in this resistance, this African resistance, not only in Africa, but all around the world, like with different kind of actions against um, different targets that are promoting directly this, this war against Africa. Because there, there is no safe place in this world. If you feel safe, it's only fake. The only safety we have, the only security lies in a collective action for, for collective liberation and self-determination and liberation. talking about the Spanish Civil War and this was a beautiful song <laughs> once again like this song was uh, important in them of the Spanish Civil War it was a las barricadas and now we hear this version in Kurdish that some friends um, translate and and sing and you have a really beautiful video also in YouTube of the friends recording this this song this beautiful wearing barricada So we want to mention some of the these actions so, that happen. I had you too high. You came like really close. So we want to mention some of the the actions that were happening, mostly around Europe, but also in other parts of of the world, uh, against these 
African invasion against uh, African uh, war in solidarity with the African resistance of the people. And there were a lot of different actions since the first day of the occupation. Uh, a lot of uh, groups start to, to show, as we said, uh, their solidarity with this resistance. And some of the biggest actions were happening in different places. Um, for example, uh, we have this campaign that is called Fight for Afrin, that was um, an unknown group uh, promoted to fight directly against the um, corporatives or uh, institutions that uh, are were promoting the, the Afrin or getting profit uh, of the Afrin uh, war. And uh, one of the samples of this uh, action that we were in, the, in this frame of uh, fight for Afrin was, uh, for example, the occupation of the consulate, uh, German consulate in Crete. Uh, with uh, oh, 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 also they expropriated uh, the electronical device of the consulate, so herbage. <laughs> Ooh, herbage. There were also uh, different actions like um, attacks against the direct um, promotings of this war, like for example uh, attacking cars of the meat, like the intelligence service of the uh, Turkish uh, state. MIT. MIT. In, in France, for example, two cars of this uh, MIT, this Turkish intelligence, were born. Also, really important action against the company Leonardo Firmeccanica, uh, this Italian uh, weapon uh, uh, fabrics and corporation that they were selling weapons to the Turkish army. A lot of uh, action also against this uh, company. And if we talk about factories of weapons, of course, we need to mention Rheinmetall, this German company that was of one of the key um, enterprises of the production of the tanks that were uh, used by the Turkish army for the Afrin invasion. A lot of different uh, attacks and different actions happened to different um, different places of this uh, Rheinmetall company, since like um, attacking them with balls of paint, since blocking the entrance, since blocking the, the trains that were arriving to their factories and it was a really a main target of these like for their uh, support and their production of of these tanks and we can see how germany was saying that hey, mom, we we will not stop uh, we will stop to sell um, weapons to turkey but in fact what it really happened is that they really increased and they were even selling more weapons to turkey during this african invasion also, I think it's important to mention all of the cyber attacks that, um, like uh, Kurdish anonymous groups, but other kind of uh, hacker groups uh, that they want to demonstrate the solidarity with the Afrin resistance, make uh, uh, cyber attacks against the official pages of the AKP party, and also in concretely targeting of uh, politicians uh, of this uh, uh, fastest party that is AKP and MHP in Turkey. And of course, a lot of really small and distributed actions against different embassies and consulates of the Turkish state all around the world. And a lot of actions against also uh, banks like the direct um, representation of the um, capitalist uh, main system. And a lot of banks, especially against Deutsche Bank, there were um, several attacks, but also some kind of different banks all around the world. And a lot of statements um, were um, like, 
like sharing these kind of uh, actions, mostly in some kind of independent medias, like in the media uh, in different countries, and claiming responsibility for these kind of direct actions and linking all these kind of actions with the campaign Fight for Afrin. I think there is one thing we must um, open our eyes to when we're talking about these kind of actions because obviously there is many, many, many people who will say I don't agree, I don't accept, these actions are too violent, these actions are, you know, like rather destructive than constructive, not proactive, making bad propaganda and stuff. Tamam, I think um, everyone should have their opinion and uh, their their tactics, their way how they approach stuff. and. Um, they should be respected in what they're doing, but at the same time, uh, kind of be more respectful to understanding and try to see why people pick some kinds of action and why they're doing it. And I think when we're speaking about these particular actions, which are obviously supported by hundreds of demonstrations and um, uh, civil disobedience actions and different campaigns, we are not talking about some um, one insurrection is kind of like strike thing coming out of no context. We are speaking once again about war being carried by the second biggest army of the NATO against the peoples of Rojava, against the peoples of Afrin. We are speaking about the fascist occupation of one of the biggest empires in, a, in this world we live in, which is oppressing, killing, bombing, raping people, trying to swipe their culture, their history, imposing total patriarchy, caliphate, Daesh, and using everything possible in destroying the entire ethnic, entire nation, if what have you. So, um, when before you try to judge actions of what is um, legal, illegal, what is violent, non-violent, think about the context what we are talking about. We're talking about a massive war coming from massive empire against the people. And if we talk about the solidarity with the Afrin resistance, we need to talk also of the World Afrin Day that happened on the 24th of March. That was a, a big example of uh, co coordination between different solidarity groups all around the world from different continents. Continents, And we saw like more than 60 cities going together in the streets, showing their support of the, with the Afrin resistance and and uh, standing against the, the invasion of the Turkish army. And it was like uh, uh, action connected with the World Afrin Day that happened in, in 2014, um, showing the, the solidarity with the Afrin, uh, with the Kobane resistance against Daesh, and was also showing the, this solidarity with Afrin against the, the Turkish army, because it was like the same enemy at the end, like the people that were uh, attacking Afrin and the people that were attacking Kobane were also like these integralist, like uh, Islamist forces that were determined to like to destroy the Rojava revolution. But they took Afrin, but the revolution keep on going. And we uh, that happened. <laughs> Let's continue. This is the magic of going live. <laughs> because we want to introduce the next song that we are going to hear that it's this beautiful song from Koma Berfodan, um, this Kurdish group that uh, is producing this music from the mountains 
and this song that it's Lechem Brano Lechem, like go brother, like attack brother. Let's take care of each other so we can be dangerous and strong together. An internationalist radio project. An inside look on African resistance. So as continuation to the fourth episode of Berenga Rojava, the internationalist radio project, which is today focused on internationalism and international solidarity, we will be speaking now with Haval Barbara, or Barbaya Yoldash, if you want, uh, a comrade, internationalist comrade, revolutionary who has been for long term involved 
in different kinds of actions and organizing, revolutionary organizing uh, in different places. And we have the great luck to have Barbara here with us here in Rojava, which is which is also a good thing because she has these different insights and can give us inputs from different angles. Being in Europe when all of Afrin stuff was happening, but fairly often traveling to Rojava, being able to, you know, compare the notes from different struggles for the same for the same case. So, hello and welcome here, Barbara. Welcome to and uh, thank you very much for having invited me. I wonder uh, if you want to say a bit about yourself. If you you heard a list of actions, you've been here with us. If you want to add some action, or if you want to add. You know, how did it feel from Europe? Because we only see it from here and it might be very different. So if you can compare the realities. Yeah, first of all, I want to say or try to explain um, what I'm, what is the goal of being involved in these uh, movements, evolutionary movements uh, in, in here in Rojava with these different uh, fighting uh, units, uh, the internationalism, the IFB or, or like this. Um, but and and on the other hand, being in Europe and going forward in the revolutionary process that we need in whole, all over the world, as you said before, in uh, I heard uh, in your radio. So um, my or our uh, interest is to find a bridge between these two uh, revolutionary movements that uh, are here and 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 not here, say, we say like this. And uh, if you go from one to side to the other, you realize that it's sometimes it's like two planets. And it's one, it's one fight, it's one uh, goal that we have all together. And what is the, the what is unique here is that uh, we are fighting together, uh, the anarchists, the communists, the socialists, uh, anti-imperialists anti or anti-fascists, and we here because we have a concrete um, uh, a concrete goal and a concrete moment of fighting uh, with arms and uh, so this binds the different um, interests, the revolutionary interests, and we find out that uh, many things uh, unite us more than we if we st stay somewhere in Europe where it is pacificated. So there, the differences have much more uh, uh, in importance than here. So if you go back um, in in the other planet, uh, and we try to to find a bridge to find out how can we transport the experience we made here as a revolutionaries, and how can we translate it in some way in the revolutionary process where we are developing. So this uh, interaction, this dialectic process between those um, those uh, um, movements. Uh, is something that we are um, interested to to solve in in some way because the Kurdish movement invites all revolutionaries over the world to participate, not only to help in a helping way, uh, in a classic solidarity uh, manner, but uh, to come here to learn because this is a historical moment that everybody of us has in some way um, to catch and learn and going back. So. If uh, something happens like Afrin, uh, of course uh, we have been in the streets. Of course we have known at once that we have to give, to make power in in the streets and and and, and go on <laughs> quickly and not waiting, not discussing, not uh, speaking too much, but handling. And um, you mean in Europe? 
in Europe, yes, for the European movement. And we had a big, big, big uh, moments with the, with the Kurdish people, with the really people, not with their cadres, but with the people that, the, the, the women, the children, the men, the workers, they came, or even in midnight, we, when something happened, um, SMS uh, went around, say, come on to the main station. And everybody came, even if they had to do one hour with the car. And we, the anger we had is, was more than, than, uh, than we had in, in Kobane. In Kobane already we had a big uh, unity. But there we learned to go together in the streets. Now in Af in, with Afrin, we had, uh, we have, it was different. We learned, we used what we learned and, and with the quality of being together in the streets was new. And this was really very, very good. Also because I think many of the people had in, in their homes in, in, in Afrin, they have people, they were afraid. And uh, that makes you, if you're alone at home from the television and you're looking what is happening, so you can feel also a victim uh, you can feel uh, that you cannot do anything. If you come to the streets and you, we go together, the internationalism is, is living, is, is real, you can touch it. And this was so very important because we turned this feeling of maybe, oh, my, my poor parents or what is happening, the, the victim, to be victim, uh, into to be handling and uh, active. No? So this was a really big feeling that maybe you did not realize being here. That is uh, something very important. And the other point that was very important is that um, there were two appeals, one uh, from the Commune and one from the YPG International, that really made a clear uh, position from here. And uh, they said uh, this is a special character of war. Um, and we have uh, to see that uh, it is not only the Daesh, but it is uh, is an imperialistic uh, aggressor. It is NATO. Everybody is involved. Every uh, imperialistic force that you may find on the world that has some power is involved in this uh, small geographic, uh, geostrategic area. And um, so the, the, that is a specific quality of, of, of war that has been conducted. And uh, the, 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 the complicity uh, of these actors, are uh, f you find it in your home. And you have not to come to, of course you can come to Rajavan to help here, but you can stay also where you are because the complicity of um, the, pos is, 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 you find it in your city. If you look, uh, you see them. It is your country. It is your government. This is the parties. This is the the, the industry, the arm industry. It is. Uh, you have AKP uh, in 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 Switzerland, for instance. You know where they are. You know how they handle. Uh, you have uh, the embassies. So it was quite a, a good thing because um, very often the two worlds. Rojava fight and, and the revolutionary movement is, is not easy to bind together. And here we had a, a bridge. These two appeals gave uh, the, the, the bridge to say, okay, militants, is, uh, we have to use militants, we have to fight. And we have to fight the, the, the enemy that we fight every day. Because not only when war happened, uh, we know what the role of, of oppression and, and so they, they play, but in general. So this was, uh, was were two points that uh, I wanted to add to what I he heard hmm. in your... 
Do you have some uh, some like really spectacular actions you would like to add on a list which we have read here? Of course, we left many actions behind because that list is long, long. But something well inspiring which you think should be uh, should be expressed in our program. Um, but I I wanted to say is that uh, or maybe it's not an one action, but it's also uh, some. Uh, and another point in these the, these appeals have been um, welcomed in, in on an international level, and we saw when you read what the the, the texts following the actions, uh, you saw that uh, there is it's one direction, even if it was in another country, in other languages, in uh, maybe even a different goal, but uh, the. Uh, You realized uh, with through this that in many uh, revolutionary groups or cells or whatever you want to say uh, to call them uh, are going in the same direction and we had a, a unity without making meetings or big uh, speeches but we knew aha they're thinking the same way and uh, that was uh, something also important that we realized how many people are um, thinking and handling in the same or in a, not a same but um, almost same direction I don't know now the English word for it but yeah we have m much more in common than we thought do you have besides this uh, another tip suggestion how to well combine how to find a respectful solidarity in between these two different worlds between a uh, the apoist uh, revolution and other revolutionary movements all over the world how to how to find respectful solidarity and a point of convergence while while keeping the diversity which is also beautiful and important because it's hard those are different places and different cultures um i think uh, when 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 i when i read read these texts i, I because they have a certain importance maybe uh, mm, Here you did not realize it like this, but um, you see that uh, normally the apoist movement in in Europe is is very apoist. That means they uh, impose the apoism uh, knowledge. Uh, they are they, they are something special, of course they are. But if they come to Europe, they they not um, it, it's like something separated of the movement, and this uh, because. They want to learn how you have to use apoism and that apoism is the way that brings you further on in the revolutionary process. If you do not agree with this uh, or you say, yes, of course, uh, the apoist movement uh, has, or the Kurdish movement has uh, here a big strategic plan and then we have enormous respect for what they are doing. And this is really in, for, for the moment in the world, nobody is able to do that what the, 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 they do. So uh, even if they sometimes they have a defeat, but um, the, the, the strategic project in the different situations, objective situation they handle, uh, make uh, all the same one big strategic plan. They are that's the Kurdish movement for the moment that is able to do that and nobody else. So this is a, a enormous respect that we have. But in in Europe we do not think that the 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 apoist model, uh, you take it and and you bring it there and then we have the revolution. We do not think about uh, in this way. We think it's it's more complex uh, thing. But you can learn m many things like the method, like many things you can learn. You can come here. 
But these uh, appeals fr were from the movement, from the Apoist movement, and they came towards us. They did not say, come into the Apoist movement, even in Europa, and then we work together. No, they opened in Europa with uh, appeals that are were appeals of all revolutionary handlings in independently if the, you are poised or not poised. And this was also, they, they opened and they gave like a bridge to, to build up together something, uh, each in respect uh, of the differences uh, from each other. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're speaking about there were, there were a lot of anger. And that anger brought people together and many actions happened. In the end of the day, the war did not stop. And it's not over yet. There's, of course, guerrillas fighting and there are still actions. But to be fairly <coughs> honest, Turkey quite succeeded in, a, in, this, in this occupation. So the question would be what we can learn out of that, what to do differently. And also how, you know, like these campaigns Many of them might stop because now there is not a continuation and stuff. How to get out of this kind of campaigning and doing just things for like one one kind of action and then people, do they still meet or do they not meet anymore? How to get beyond, how to create action revolutionary movement based on uh, connections between people and based on some continuing organizing and struggle. Yeah, there are different points now that you mentioned, and uh, I try to to answer to them. Um, I think that, um, yeah, of course, Afrin uh, at the at the end, uh, the, the the from the military point of view, uh, the, our forces had to re to go away, on or and to develop now the guerrilla. Uh, strategy and they are entering now in the two phases of of it and uh, and this has changed. But um, in um, I think if you look at the in in the historical way at the points the 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 people uh, from Afrin uh, the the solidarity you have also not it's not you win or you or you lose. Because this is, uh, it's not black, the, the war and the struggle is not white or black, black or white. But it, it is, you have to look at what have, uh, has been gained, what is, a, is a, a conquered, and where we have to approve and uh, go making better. We have to make self-criticism. And the, 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 the strength that the, or the something that was very great, historical great, and in Europe we do not, did not realize it at in, in its e uh, quality, is that people did not go away, people came to Afrin. That means that the, the people wanted to defend uh, Afrin, uh, people wanted to defend the revolution, the re people came to, to defend. And what is, is, is kind of a, a, a people's movement resistant. But of course, with all the NATO and, and uh, the, the airstrikes, there is a very difficult situation. But this is something. Normally, the people go away. <laughs> there the people came. That is one point. We did not work an enough on it in Europe to show the strength. And because that means that the revolution proposed is uh, the people takes it. He, 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 they, they, they like it. It's um, something of, of their own. So you go only to war when you defend something that is yours and not uh, because an army commander said you have to go as civilian. You have not to go. But they, get, they did. 
they get they gone and that is something in Europe that we we did not um, have the the capacity to show this to the people that is is the strange of it and the other side the the what we have to realize it as a as I think that um, uh, the revolutionary process or historical process is not like one uh, straight. Uh, it, it, it's English in my English not enough to explain what I want to say. I the, the process. Like what you're showing with your hand, you mean like a linear? Line. Yeah, 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 exactly. A linear. It's not a linear process, but it is. Uh, in it, it, the history is made out by dif different etapes, phases, phase. No, and uh, we we did not realize, and uh, the Kurdish movement did not realize that one after Raqqa and Mimbic um, uh, Raqqa was ending uh, um, um, a certain phase, an uh, etape uh, of, of of war, that because um, the the war against against uh, or the liberation against Daesh is something else than the war against NATO, the war against imperialistic states, and this quality changement not. We did not uh, seen before, and we were surprised. I think, in some way, so this we were not prepared. We were not um, preventing it in 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 not only. I don't mean now the tunnel question or these these militaristic points of view that I agree, but. I mean, in 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 uh, the way you see it in your strategy, how you see face this new uh, situation, this new quality of war, and this we missed. And you see now uh, in the, for instance, in the in the Turkish revolutionary movement, they uh, they have a big pressure on them because uh, the it is their fascism <laughs> that is attacking, and there is many uh, points that we had to very quickly to see what have we uh, missed in in our analysis and what have we go to to uh, to make better uh, corresponding to to the new analysis the, the imperialistic war to have an imperialistic war in you against you and you have is, is something different than fight fascism or barbarism the quality is a difference, and I think we were surprised by it. And this is uh, we have to realize that um, this was um, uh, a defeat. Mm. And uh, but I'm I, I think I have made now uh, my tour in in, in Rojava, and if you speak with uh, with the people with the different situations of the. Um, Military um, places, units, or commanders, and so on, or strategic uh, people, uh, you realize that everybody has the same analysis, and this is a good way to to in this unity into self-criticism uh, to go on. And they say, I have been in Mimbic, they say for Mimbic, if uh, we have to learn from Afrin, but we have not to learn only how to make tunnels, but we have to learn in our head, in our way of, of, of uh, analyzing and, and um, uh, perception of, of war, what is, what is changed. And only in, in, a, in a whole package of, of uh, knowledge, we can face how to react to this new situation. Mm. In, in this, it's like a historical new situation now. And if we do not succeed, we will have other defeats. If we succeed in the, in the um, analysis, a level of uh, quality of analysis, of, of consequences of this analysis in all levels, 
um, politic, diplomatic, military, civil work, so revolutionary strengths, making the revolution stronger. So if we all this level, we can work on it uh, with this knowledge, new knowledge. So I think uh, the chances to win are very, very big. Great, amazing. This was um, this was a great to the to the end. I would love to talk to you for ages, and I'm sure we will. But outside of the microphone, because having discussions together, uh, it can be endless. And with you, like it, you bring so much input to our group and to different groups. And I think what you're doing is amazing. Uh, unfortunately for the program, we will have to stop here and give the space also to the others, because at this episode we don't focus only on one interview, but. I appreciate you coming. Thank you very much for sharing all of this and then see you around. I'm very happy to be in the studio because uh, it's something that is very important. very, And I think uh, taking initiatives and bringing initiatives to this revolution is that what makes revolution uh, vivid, living. Sir Keftin. Ich bin sehr hilfreich, 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 ich bin sehr h
So we have here a song of a Kurdish singer that is calling uh, Nuarin. The name of the song is Jin. The, uh, the meaning is a woman in, in English. And now we want to introduce a little bit a woman's campaign, a world war uh, women's campaign that was calling Women's Rights for a Friend. was an open call from the Congre Astar, uh, the woman organization in, in Afrin. And they asked for support of all the women, so all the women rise up for the resistance of Afrin in support of, and solidarity of the resistance of Afrin. And uh, we have to focus also that the attacks on the women in, in Afrin were really clear, no? like uh, the, the system that uh, the women's construction are leading in, in Rojava, in, in the north of Syria, is a, a really a target from uh, all these fascist forces. Not only Turkish army, of course Turkish state and Turkish government with this Islamic, but also all of these groups, uh, like Islamist groups, like uh, these Al-Qaeda groups and all of them. So, for example, we can say that the target, they, they distract the, the, the temple of, of Ain Dara in, in Afrin uh, region, Afrin canton, that was a, a temple ancient with a thousand of year temple uh, dedicated to the goddess Easter, that is one of the uh, primary uh, goddess in, in Middle East, woman's, woman goddess. Um, uh, and for this, uh, many women all around the world, they um, rise up and they show in their, their solidarity with the uh, with the women's resistance in Afrin, and we have demonstrations in Lebanon, in France, in Catalonia, in Argentina, in Mexico, in India, in, in many places, and also concretely uh, actions. For example, uh, when a group of uh, women in Italian they make an action against this Leonard company, this weapon uh, Italian company, and they make uh, an action of. Uh, like uh, showing no, the, the responsibility of this company. Also a demonstration uh, or a solidarity demonstration in Zad in, in France. Uh, also the, the long march uh, that goes every year from Luxembourg to Extrasburg, uh, if I'm, I'm not wrong. Um, they, they were many women in there uh, putting their faces, uh, uh, screaming slogans and trying to show in the, their solidarity not only with the freedom of Algerland that of course this march is for, but also with the resistance of the women in, 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 in Afrin. Um, also we can say that uh, the women like a Congress star in, in Afrin receive many beautiful pictures, for example from uh, one uh, uh, painter in, in France, he make a, a portrait of uh, Barin Kobane, uh, this Shahid that they will, we will be speaking in, in later in our part of Diroka Shahid. Also a collective of handcraft in, in Chile. Uh, they make it a really beautiful um, showing, I don't know how to call it in English, but they're like a showing pictures uh, of women of the resistance in Afrin. Uh, um, uh, posters in, for example, Argentina from different collective. Um, also, uh, uh, big, really, really big posters with a woman rights campaign in, in different cities of Italia, in Roma, for example. Um, and the, all of this is bringing to us uh, one concretely thing that is, if all the women we came together to a struggle against patriarchy, with a struggle against fascists, anything can stop us. Because the meaning of the sisterhood of women because we are facing a, a, 
an oppression that we can touch in a, in a concretely way, uh, bring us a solidarity that is special. And this is something that the women in Africa, they really appreciate also so much. So I, 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 I would like to invite you to go to the Genealogy International uh, YouTube that they have a beautiful video with all of the recopilation of these images and demonstrations that they were around the world and uh, to, to, to watch it and to, to, to feel it, this solidarity among, among women. And, yeah, and also follow the hashtag Women Rise for Afrin so you can see it. And uh, we, we have to say that this uh, campaign is not a stop. We should to continue to build up a communal uh, solidarity struggle among women in, in around the world to face uh, all this uh, violence that women face in, uh, every day in every part of the world. people in their occupied homelands. They fought alongside allies in the war against Saddam. The liberators of Rojava, those brave women and men. Some gave their lives for freedom and they do it all again. So I sing today for the YPJ in solidarity with those in Kurdistan. There's martyrs there from almost everywhere. If only everyone could understand The revolution rests in their loving hands Those guerrillas for Islamic State And all that they stood for Put an end to the caliphate A bolt across the door And the women's protection unit Was the first of its kind The jihad is round when they saw ladies Behind the gun side So I sing today the YPJ in solidarity with those in Kurdistan. There's martyrs there from almost everywhere. They come from far and wide to lend a hand. If only everyone could understand, the revolution rests in their loving hands. Something strange is happening. Turkey has intervened. And pushed our freedom fighters right out of a frame The government is sanctioning a pillage by the state And murdering the very people they vowed to protect So I sing today for the YPJ In solidarity with those in Kurdistan There's martyrs there from almost everywhere They come from far and wide to lend a hand if only everyone could understand The revolution rests in their loving hands Have you heard about a people in their occupied homelands? They fought alongside allies in the war against Saddam The liberators of Rojava, those brave women and men Some gave their lives for freedom and they do it all again so I sing today for the YPJ 
Jay in solidarity with those in Kurdistan. There's martyrs there from almost everywhere. They come from far and wide to lend a hand. If only everyone could understand The revolution rests in their loving hand So we have the chance to connect with uh, two queer anarchist comrades from Sweden. Um, her names are Revan and Anna. Um, both of them, they are involved in the women's uh, solidarity with uh, Afrin, Afrin resistance, and, and other struggles in Stockholm. And uh, we want to ask them to share with us uh, uh, why and how this solidarity with the Kurdish movement, and especially with the women's uh, Kurdish movement, have popped up. So, f friends, can you tell us why do you think this solidarity came out? Why do you think so many people also went to Rojava to fight and to show their solidarity in many ways? I think the, the reason why a lot of people went to Rojava in the beginning was because of the, um, the fight in Kobani and the victory in Kobani. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the inspiration of I guess especially the women's movement and the feminist uh, struggle that was going on in Rojava. And that was kind of the beginning of knowing about the, the project uh, that is going on there. And I think that I wanted to uh, help in some kind of practical way yeah. to support uh, um, well, this revolution mm. in, in you know, any way that I thought that I could. And when I was uh, the first time in Rojava, uh, I went uh, specifically to Kobani and uh, I was working there with physiotherapy with people who've been injured uh, in the war. In the war, yeah. And uh, so it, I was only there for a few weeks the first time, but uh, during that month, it was in June in 2015. Uh, I was in a village outside with uh, some uh, comrades from uh, YPJ and uh, we woke up early in the morning, it was maybe 5 or 6 in the morning and uh, there were people that ran around everywhere and you know I didn't speak Kurdish, I didn't know what was going on but I realized after a while trying to communicate with friends that uh, Islamic State had uh, infiltrated Kobani. Yeah. Six uh, different groups had taken different positions in the city. Uh, and one of these places was, was uh, Doctors Without Borders Hospital. And they were shooting um, at civilians. They were shooting at anybody they could shoot at. Mm. And later I heard that they had... Um, that they had... Um, disguised themselves, camouflaged themselves in YPG uh, clothes. And they were knocking on doors of civilians saying, Haval, Haval, mm. uh, which means comrade and friend. Yeah. And when 
people opened the door, they just, you know, they just shot everybody, whoever they were, even children. And several hundred people were, were killed, murdered during these days in Kobani. And there were several of our injured uh, friends that also chose to go and join the fighting. Mm. Uh, and for me, I didn't even know how to use a weapon. I never, ever even, you know, touched a gun uh, in my life. And I was sitting there and I was, you know, feeling more and more frustrated because there was nothing, in fact, that I could do. Mm to help. I couldn't defend myself. I couldn't defend my friends. And if something would happen, I would be of no use at all. And I think that during this time, I also realized that, you know, as important it is with our uh, ideology yeah. and the, the practical work that we do, it's the foundation of the society. But we also need self-defense. And if, yeah. we, if we don't have self-defense, then then we are nothing in the end. Like, we can't defend our ideology. We can't put anything to practice. We can be crushed in an instant. Yeah, overrun by fascists. Exactly. And I kind of realized also at that point, because it, be, it became very real, a lot of our friends died during these days. And uh, I think it became real that... I mean, there are different ideologies... And there are different groups with many different names. But it's still like a patriarchal mentality. Yeah. And it's still like the consequences of what they do, whether it's Islamic State or if it's the Nazis or mm. even if it's the Turkish state. Yeah. The consequences are that people uh, are imprisoned or they are tortured mm. or they are killed. There is like a, an authoritarian regime. Yeah. And uh, uh, which means that there is no freedom for people. No. So during this period of time, I made a decision that when I came back, because I had to go back to Sweden, I made a decision that I wanted to join YPJ. Yeah. And of course, I guess that YPJ came to be something much more than I realized at the time when I made this decision. Yeah. But at that point, I just felt that I want to be one of those who defend the revolution, mm. if need be, with weapons. But that I would never, ever wanted to feel as helpless as I oh. felt when, when our friends was killed. <laughs> so. In every part of society in Rojava, mm. Women have their own organizations. Mm. For example, Kangra Star or Wekfajin Asad. Mm. There are uh, houses for women, Malajin. There is a, a village that in, is being built right now in Rojava that is called Jinwar. Uh, in every part of society, in every decision making organ, uh, or w even within the military structures, women have their own decision-making groups. Like there are uh, Hevserok, like for example, co-presidency yeah. in every organization. Like, but women also have their own organizations that makes their own decision. It's the same within the military. And YPJ make their own decisions. There is no man that can make any decision. Mm. 
for YPJ. And I think it, like it's really important that there is um, autonomous decision making. And I think I realized that even more because looking at Sweden, for example, or other countries in the West, I think within the feminist movement, we always had our spaces, yeah. which was for for women or trans people or queers that uh, we had, in fact, our own spaces. But maybe it was only for a short period of time, for a festival, um, for the 8th of March, or yeah. for something very specific. And uh, and how we needed these spaces to feel kind of like we felt felt stronger together and we felt that we could collaborate and... Empowered. You know, yeah, we felt that we could empower each other and uh, that we could, could, in fact, like start more building a movement but I guess the difference is that it was temporary but in Rojava that is the foundation of the society and you can see how important it is to have these spaces uh, to build that strength in the collective sense so that we in fact can take more space in society and uh, I think I've you know, waited my entire life to be a part of something that could change everything, kind of. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess it's, you know, I felt that I wanted something that had a purpose, not only for changing, like, a, a small group of people or even, you know, creating a safe space mm. where we could endure in mm. the society, you know, with hierarchies, with separation, you know, with oppression, and that, I wanted something that would last, that would, wouldn't only be for, for you and me, mm. uh, but would be for the entire society. And uh, I, I think, you know, partly I felt that it wasn't possible to live in the society in the West. And that in, I think that in so many ways, nobody really feels included in these societies. Because... Um, I mean, it is a society where a lot of people feel alone and a lot of people are struggling to survive and a lot of people are oppressed in different ways, whether it's uh, like racist structures or whether it's sexist structures, you know, whether it's poverty, whatever the reason may be. I think a lot of people do not really feel that they are, you know, connected or that the society is something that they are a part of creating or that that they have... uh, a voice yeah. that we can make decisions together and uh, I think I kind of felt that you know here something has happened mm. for real this is happening now during our mm. lifetime we can learn from this we can live uh, together and like create something that will change our lives that yeah. can actually lead to you know our notion of freedom uh, a, a, a society which is you know, truly democratic, direct democratic, which is uh, a feminist society without hierarchies. And I think that, of course, you know, coming from a feminist background, uh, that was very important yeah. uh, for me to actually, you know, do it instead of just, you know, looking to something that was happening elsewhere and not taking part of it. Because this is truly something that is a concern of. Uh, of us all what is yeah. happening in Rojava is something that is happening to us as well 
wherever is happening in this world. I mean, we look on things that is happening around the world and we feel inspired in our own struggles. We learn from it. We continue the struggle here. You can see it in a lot of cases. And when something uh, is happening that is oppressive, it's also reflecting in all, all over the world. I mean, everything is connected to each other. So um, I think that maybe a lot of people saw that this was happening in Syria. Yeah. And, and that it was something that was very far. A war that was happening, mm. you know, on the other side of Earth, pretty much, you know. But it's just you know, the same patriarchal structure that we can see all over the world. And if we want a change, we are also all kind of responsible uh, to try and find a solution to what is happening. And now uh, they found, they they have, in fact, the solution to it that we also can learn from. And it's all connected. I mean, like fascism, uh, ISIS, uh, patriarchy, and also a lot of uh, racist uh, ideology happening here in Europe. And we have a racist party in parliament, for example, a very active neo-Nazi group, very extremist super-Nazi groups uh, who want to... uh, Part of the ideologies create even more separation between what they consider different races, also oppress women, uh, oppress uh, everyone who's not straight, like LGBTQ people, uh, and that different kind of fascism is connected all over the world, and we need to do something about it. We can't just let it happen. When I went to the education when mm. I came to Roja uh, the third time when I, you know I finally joined YPJ. Um, there was also a lot of like discoveries that made me realize um, that maybe everything was not as I thought it was. Yeah. From the beginning. I mean, a lot of focus are put on the fight against uh, Turkey, mm. for example, the Turkish army, the Turkish state. Or uh, the fight against IS. But I also realized during this education that, uh, I mean, the first and most Mm. important fight that we have is also within ourselves. It's within our own minds. Every oppressive structure in society is something that is within us, Mm. in our own mentality. And that we also have to find ways of dealing with that Mm. uh, to analyze ourselves as well as society and history. Um, And I think within the Kurdish movement, there are are strategies to do that, you know. And a part of it is, of course, because you're living a collective life. You share everything Mm -hmm. together, you know. Everything that you do affects someone else instantly. And we have to consider each other. We have to uh, try and listen and, and change ourselves in different ways so that we can live together. But, I mean, it's really, it really made me realize in which ways, me, myself, Mm. like, how I am connected to these oppressive structures and how I've been looking on other people or uh, creating hierarchies Mm. or, and um, then I realized that, of course, I can learn how to use a gun, Mm. but it means nothing uh, if I 
don't have like the the political foundation and if I don't have the knowledge and analyze of myself and yeah. others that um, I mean we have an ideological warfare yeah. against us on an everyday basis you know every, every day we read something online every day we read a newspaper every time we put on the television every time we uh, go to the city on the metro on the train it's everywhere in every relationship we have in our families everything uh, in school yeah you know in every book we read there is like we we learn uh, the structures of the society mm. and in in that of course we we learn oppressive behavior so if we cannot like analyze that and analyze ourselves and try to you know uh, if we can't change our own mentality yeah. concerning these issues, it doesn't matter if we change the technical issues, yeah. if we change the society, because our mindset will be the same. Yeah, and I guess here a lot of things are very technical, like the solutions are for like a political problem or a situation is to have a demo or sign up online saying that you're against something but we don't talk as much about how to uh, develop ourselves, how to uh, work on our, like like you said, hierarchies that we uh, are part of or norms that we recreate and uh, that it's like activism is not a hobby or something you can really do a little bit of your life and then you have your pri private life that's totally separated. Uh, it has to be all connected. And I think that's one of the strong points of the revolution uh, in Rojava, uh, to connect all those things. And like, it's not just using a gun. You have to have the ideology, the mentality, analyze yourself, uh, uh, and also the importance of self-critique. And that here in the West, I feel like critique is always seen as something negative or bad. It can never, uh, like in the movement, in Rojava, see, be seen as a, uh, a generous thing to do to help your havals. Giving critique is also saying, uh, I believe that you can change. I believe you can be better or uh, you can develop yourself. It's not because I want to like shut you down or bash you. It, it's something uh, that we do together. Uh, but I guess that's also because if you live your life together and you have, um, you have like you share an idea of the ideology and that it's a, a project you do as a collective, it's very different from life here in the West when you have your individual life. It's also important to understand that if we are serious about international solidarity like if we are focusing on solidarity and and not like a charity movement um, then we also need to focus on how we're gonna change ourselves uh, during this time it's not just uh, about the amount of demonstration we do to support the revolution or how many talks we are you know organizing or how many books we sell but to actually try and implement try to create uh, what we feel inspired by from Rojava into our own lives, you know, 
of course, um, you know, with the conditions that are here, the society, the history, the people, you know, we can't copy paste what is happening in Rojava. No, of course. But uh, still, uh, we also need to to understand that this is something that is important that we put time and effort into doing. And I think this is a, a lot of times we forget it because we uh, we are so focused on actually doing something that you can see mm. and that you can measure. Yeah, and I think here, like the image from the revolution is usually uh, women with guns. And that is, of course, a important and empowering image. Uh, but it's also, I think, important to remember the ideology behind it and... Uh, here, when we talk about gender equality, it's very uh, technical, very statistical. How many women are like have different kind of jobs, and if we just uh, on on a paper can read like oh, and it's an equal amount of men and women, then we're done. We don't talk about like patriarchy as a oppressive system that we all are part of. Uh, it's just the solution is seen as, yeah, doing the statistics are seen as the solution in a way. Uh, but we forget about uh, talking about all parts of our lives, all parts of our relationship, uh, friendships, how we inter- in, interact with each other. It's all part of um, uh, how patriarchy um, How it affects our lives. Yeah, exactly. You were presented as a queer people and uh, uh, fighting for the equality, like a queer struggle. Um, and we would like to ask to you um, how do you think that can be combined with the Kurdish uh, women's movement, with the Freedom's Kurdish movement in Middle East, but also in Europe, and which kind of contradiction became in not only with uh, the Kurdish movement, but also in the Europe societies. Um, what do you think about this? For us, being queer is the same as being anti-fascist or feminist. Um, it's... Um, being against all kinds of oppression, whether it's oppression from the state or from patriarchy. It doesn't matter what kind of oppressive structure there is, because it's a way, an approach, like a, a mindset, a, mm. a way of analyzing society, um, a way of approaching society. A very good thing with the revolution in Rojava is that it's multi-ethnical, multi-language uh, for... Um, feminism, equality, that it sees a lot of different structures in our society and hierarchies and also how they correspond to each other. Queer can be in your identity, like you're a lesbian or you're transgender, you're bisexual, you identify as queer, but having a queer perspective uh, is something much more than just your identity. Is about how you see gender and sexuality and hierarchy. For me, those are very much connected. Like how men throughout history has had more power than women traditionally. 
has a lot to do with norms around masculinity and femininity and having a queer perspective for me is opening your mind to that nothing is natural or unnatural that it's not uh, because men have had more power and masculinity has seen as been seen as a better or stronger thing than femininity it doesn't mean that it's natural or should always be like that it's also important to understand that the oppression against women and the oppression against queers, for example, uh, is like parallel to each other. And intertwined. And intertwined, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's more like a, a struggle against patriarchy. Yeah. Because feminism and a queer perspective for us is... It's not possible to separate from each other. Being someone who is breaking, like going against mm -hmm. the norms, uh, is something that would be punished very severely. And we can see throughout the society, mm -hmm. all over the world, uh, if you are uh, in any way, um, you know, outside the box of mm -hmm. how you're supposed to be, mm -hmm. uh, you would be abused or you would be imprisoned. Um, even killed? Even killed, yeah. You may not even be able to get a job. Yeah, and no, I want the revolution to be for everyone. And a problem here with uh, feminism in general is that it's very technical. And we have, it's said that Sweden is like the most gender equal land in the world or something. Uh, and that might be true in some ways if you read the statistics but it's a very specific group of women in society that have that equality so it's mainly white women and middle-class women who are heterosexual so if you're like a straight white middle-class woman in sweden then you have like all all sorts of um Rights and possibilities. Right. Yeah, yeah. But if you're, for example, you're a poor woman of color, or if you are a queer person, if you don't, uh, people don't perceive you as a woman, woman, even though yourself identify as a woman, everything affects your position in society, uh, both the, the like actual rights on paper, but also how uh, everything everyone you meet, how they would perceive you or act against you. For example, we were organized in a group that were opposed to deportations. Um, people who came to Sweden to seek asylum and uh, were denied, imprisoned and then violently deported. So we were organized trying to prevent that or trying to support organizing of migrants in refugee prisons. One year during Pride Parade, we wanted to protest against the police presence in the parade. We went to this uh, Pride Parade and we had banners uh, saying that they were deporting. Um, it says like it said, "Does the Pride Police help deport LGBTQ refugees?" We decided before this protest that we were going to walk in silence because we knew that it was kind of provocative of just 
you know, kind of questioning, yeah. like questioning uh, their authority. But it took no more than maybe 30 seconds, maybe less, before they um, surrounded us. They pulled us to the side, uh, pepper sprayed us and abused us, and uh, also tried to to charge us for disturbing the, the peace, peace or something. You could see how they, when something, someone or you're in some way trying to question the power structures, yeah, and that you would be immediately shut down uh, with violence if necessary. And also, like most of us who were protesting, were also identified as queer or gay. Uh, so the parade, pride parade, was supposed to be for us, but because we had a political statement to make and we questioned another group in the parade which were the gay police we were like violently attacked by uh, other police and beaten I think one of the problems that we have here is that we're focusing on on one issues at the time mm-hmm. you know everything is very separated we don't have an idea of how we would like to see the entire society, what we mm. want to build. We, we don't have any hope for being able to create something entirely different. So we're just kind of trying to survive uh, by creating different safe spaces. Yeah. So it's, it's um, in a way, of course, it's very based on our identities yeah. because it doesn't really affect people or not so many people outside of the people that we already know and are organized with and feel comfortable with. Vaya, bu bir izledengi avakudu her gel. 
Denge dilek bu da hala Denge dilek bu da hala Rav seri Belki tüji zani Her bahar fıcı nu ve dıxamiline Lizab, çukurca, colemer, uhakur Naha seri rake, çavan veke u bıkire Vek sıtranek azadiye, u veki sıraneki aşitiye Hey, agi, agi, bazı çiyayın colemer Dur neçe heval, na na, tu dur neçe Jıxı hər bəhnəkədə həzar cardışə u tə cigər Vaya bənir, rəyə vələyəm tə bablekan edirəyəzəm Uzanıbə, bəndə tənə nəhə Təma sərkətdənə nəhə Rabə, rabə, rabə Dəngi qəbilin kə, dili qə yeşbi kə Hediya məni zəhəvə Dəngi qəbilin kə So we are here in this uh, last uh, part of our program. Of course, we as every program we have with it, our section, Diroka Shehida, that today is dedicated to Barin Kobani. For this uh, time, we want to present a song from Aram Tigran, that is important Armenian musician that uh, were always close to the Kurdish people, and he sang this song that is called Aydilvere. Oh, oh, oh. 
बिल बिल परसके कटी खानी वेरान नज़े माले मखरा आई दिल बेरे कमे नले कमी तेरा इधी खाले Diroka Shehida of our last uh, program, uh, I want to give you a trick and warning because we are going to speak about the case of Barin Kobane. That is not an exceptional case, but it's also a reality of war in many places of the world. So I'm going to tell her story, her really, really sad and cruelty story. Barin uh, was a Kurdish fighter from the city of Kobane. She joined Jopeja in the first beginning of, of uh, creation of these forces. She was uh, fighting against the Islamic State in the Kobane city in 2015. And she went to Afrin Canton as other hundreds of uh, friends to fight against the fascist of the Islamic State and the jihadist forces. Like, uh, they call it themselves Free Syrian Army. And in the village of Kurma in uh, Bilbili district, that is a district in the north of um, Afrin Canton, the, first, uh, the third, uh, 31 of January of 2018, she were surrendered uh, by the enemy's forces and because she and other three comrades, female comrades, they didn't want to flee and they wanted to fight until the last, last moment, they fall sick heat. And it's for this that um, the enemy was able to, to capture their bodies. So the enemy basically mutilate the body of this comrade. They heated the body, they insult the body, they just naked the body, and they record all of this in videos that they publish in the internet. 
um, in these videos that they are horrible and I never recommend to anyone to see it. Um, they, they, this free Syrian army is basically jihadist um, soldiers or mercenaries or whatever you want to call it. Um, they call it her female pig and also they say it, oh man, but she, she, she is beautiful, no? So I'm, I'm asking myself, uh, what is meaning beautiful of, for these people? Is meaning beautifulness of a woman in so weak situation when she is already dead and you mutilate the body and you, you, you just making this kind of insult and publish it in the internet. This is the beautifulness that this free Syrian army that they are calling for, I don't know, for an ethic of Islam or whatever. This is what they do. This is what they see, the beautifulness of women. So this kind of attacks of the Turkish uh, army and their jihadist allies, is they ha we have to see that they have not only one side, like the fasted and imperialist side, but it's also a clear uh, attack of the patriarchy against the women that want to liberate themselves. And it is a systematic action, it's a strategy that we have to say it is not only happening in Kurdistan, it's happening all around the world. It's a, it's, and also it's not a random act of violence, it's a pre-plan strategically. It's a threatening example to, to the community that is causing a trauma that, that this video have a clear message to women, particularly to women, but also for all the society that give a really a strong psychological consequence for all the society. So, and in concretely, because Kurdish women or women in the north of Syria, that they have the bravery to pick up a gun and fight for their own liberation, for their own self-determination of the nation, for their own uh, liberation of the, of the women, um, Turkish, uh, Turkish army and the jihadists, they are giving this heat to them with more rage and with more straight that in, in other in kind of other cases. Mm. <laughs> and uh, no happiness with this, some Turkish commentators praised it in the events despite in this video, like um, uh, they were posting and saying that in the social medias, if you were men, referring to the Kurdish um, or to yeah the Jebege forces of the Kurdish society, if you were men, you will not give weapons to women and put them in on the front lines. So they are saying, like, uh, that's a horrible justification for an atrocity act, that despite of this, they are pointing one more time that the women cannot take a decision and their responsibilities from on the men's, telling that the women are not are not an actor in this world, that they are not can take any kind of decision, that they cannot pick up a rifle and struggle against the occupation, and they cannot struggle for the rights and the freedom that they want. They are just ridiculing the women, telling clearly women cannot fight because if they fight, these things can happen.
and women's uh, had been a file, like a battle file in all the wars. Like it's habitual, like a normal practice in many wars and in many times and in many countries. And why? And I think it's because women are the basis of the society who stick the people together, who still the community together, who stick the family together, who retransmit the culture and the language to the children. So they are the real roots to a society, to an ethnia, to a nation. And for this, they make this kind of this kind of strategies on the women's bodies, no? That even in other kind of wars, they use the rapeness against women to change the composition of the ethnic in a region. So we have to really reflect and think about uh, what kind of position women uh, should have in a war to struggle against these direct attacks. And, and Kurdish women, they already think about this and also this um, honor, family honor that is uh, in more split out in, in, in Middle East societies. In, that they think that the honor of the family is a sticky of the honor of the woman, like a woman as a possession of the family, like an object of the family, like an object of the uh, husband or the community. And against the situation of the familiar honor, uh, from some of years, uh, the women's Kurdish movements launched a campaign that is calling, uh, my, my, my honor is my, my freedom. And this is really important because they are trying to change the mentality, this patriarchal and feudal mentality about what is a mean honor and about what is mean women's for the society. And we have to say that the braveries of uh, Jepeje the bravery of the Jepeje women and civilian women in Afrin, even if they saw it, this video, because Turkish army or a uh, free Syrian army put this video on, on, the, on the medias and they put this video on the internet with a clear message. Uh, even if they thought, okay, this can happen again because it's what they are saying with this video, they steal it because this is from the 31st of uh, January, so mostly the beginning of the war. So they were saying, okay, this can also happen to you. And even all of this, hundreds of women continue to fight and hundreds of women continue to stay in the village and in the cities until the last, really last, last moment. Even, even now that Afrin is under the, this illegal occupation, this, this massacre, a lot of women, they are coming back and a lot of women are leaving, even if they know that it's a rape is a kidnapping almost every day in Afrin Canton. So what kind of wickedness? What, what kind, what, how, how we can uh, call like a woman like a wickedness in a, in a war? We should really think about this. And uh, for the end, we want to share with you also a really hard um, sound of the family of uh, Barin Kobane. Uh, the family of Barin Kobane went to Afrin to bury it the, the last uh, like a um, 
they tried they, they buried the body in, in Kobane in in Afrin so they went to there and we have a record of uh, the brother and the mother of body in Kobane that we want to share with you we want to advise advertise that is a quite hard um, sound but I we really think that it's important to show the reality what it is in war is not uh, only about braves and win and also war brings a lot of a lot of pain and cruelty and we have to face it <laughs> They wanted to send a message to us. They play with the body of our comrades to destroy our willpower. Because in war, they are not able to do something. They took the revenge with the body of our fighter. As they care our children, also like this destroy the bodies of our fighters. کوب چتوانی بلاشه که چامو ساکرن اف چی جبه دخوازن She gave us proud the enemy will retreat they massacred the body of Barin Kobani my Barin is not here we didn't see the body of my daughter we only saw her head enemy and Turkey make our land empty Turkey dragging the bodies like a dogs the enemy is looting everything The enemy exploded her body. Operation Turkey Digi Afrine Bardawame. Karwan karwan e pena berik Ronai luambuye tari So this is the reality and the concrete story of Shehid Barin Kobane a great and bravery fighter of the Kurdish forces JPJ and We want to we wanted to share this with you because it's really important to remember how cruelty can be the enemy against society and mostly against women. Uh, we hope that uh, this uh, doesn't make you feel like a more conscious about the the situation and and now we want just to to close this this Tiroka Shehida. Bedenka Rojava, an internationalist radio project. An inside look on African resistance. So in a first episode uh, in Berenga Rojava in Diroka Shahid, we actually had uh, uh, Avesta Khabur singing a very beautiful song. And we thought to make a little surprise to actually bring 
our young friends who always want to participate in the radio and um they're from our who they are friends from the village and then uh, they sing very nicely and apparently they know the very same song Avesta Khabur was singing in a in a video we used for Lira Shahid. So we decided to give them a little space to share the same song sang by these beautiful beings who we share uh, days and nights with. Have you ever heard of Amere? 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 Hey, many born in Abu Deng. Quasi Nabu Denga. Oh, Quasi Narbilinda. That to Rome, Mary Vano. Hey, Mary Vano in Abu Deng. Quasi Nabu Denga. Aukasi serbilinda da tu rama marivano hai marivane nabudeng chukasi nabudenge aukasi serbilinda barane kur huri bari marivanem shahid kati So we are really happy that you came until here, until this last uh, fourth extra program that we have in Betenga Rojava. And even if it can be a hard job, but we fulfill our project that was this uh, four episodes uh, uh, focused on the resistance of Afrin. And so we are really happy that uh, we made this program. Yeah, it has been a beautiful experience. It, like, it has been a lot of work, like a lot of trying to manage all the things that bring with this radio project. But I am really happy to also have been sharing this experience with you. Like, it has been a pleasure and for sure like this time that we spent together I like developed nice ideas nice time and I'm sure that this is not just the end but a new beginning this was amazing um, I don't have words in a, I don't have words in English language to describe how touched I am by these four episodes and by our new friendship we began. For sure, we not always have been perfect, and we had some limits set from the beginning, uh, as language-wise, as that is gonna be only mostly focused on Afrin, or that there is not gonna be really much of a space for the local people, really. And we are aware of these limits, and this was this was the conditions we could have done it. It was kind of experiment for us. Now we will breathe a little bit, sit down, reflect on it, and see what's happening.
and um, maybe one day from what we started will be something else but maybe not you know there is a uh, summer's coming it's very hot there's a lot of different things to do we are all coming from different groups and have different plans and a lot of revolutionary responsibilities to keep up with so that's why we chose this format which we closing now but uh and it's a new beginning so yeah i don't think i have much too much more to say i just want to say one more thing and that is um we're gonna still be active on our emails we are still here around in rojava and to respond email is not that hard so uh we wish still to hear from you as um finally we start to hear from you because we know that um This is what we made. We'll hopefully have a long shelf life and we'll be life longer than maybe ourselves hopefully. So maybe they will serve some stir some discussions later on and more listeners will come and want to ask something. So yeah, the email will be active for at least some time as long as you're around. Berengarojava at riseup.net. And for close this program, we will put finally all along the song that it's always opening our beautiful program. That it's a song, and the music is from Mehmed Berazi, and the singers are Ibrahim Feke and Shero Hinde. And it was a song especially done for the African resistance with a really beautiful video made for the Comina film of Rojava that you can find it in YouTube. Evelyn Sarkeftin. Yeah, I also think so that we were Sarkeftin in in this project and we also learn a lot of things and we share beautiful moments and we get to know each other better and I'm really really happy to be here with both of you and I know as you say that this is just the beginning. So So if we want to be victorious we have to admit that our fight today is a fight for all or nothing you should fight with us and, and light the, the fires, fires of, of resistance, resistance.
幸福。